Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo, and today I'm so excited to share a recent Firebird Book Award-winning author with you. She is Christiana Pincharoli, and her winning book is titled Sport, A Stage for Life, How to Connect with the Touchstones of Elite Performance and Personal Fulfillment. Chris is a former professional water polo player who played in Italy and captained the Brazilian national team for 13 years. She was voted among the best players in the world while also pursuing a successful executive career in the financial industry. Her father, Pedro, also a top water polo player, represented Brazil at two Olympics and oversaw one of the largest communication groups in Latin America until his retirement. Chris also founded WeTeam, a coaching, mentoring, and training company that aims to develop human potential in achieving a life of fulfillment and happiness. So much to find out today, so let's get going. Welcome to the network, Chris. Thank you, Pat. It's a pleasure being here with you. Thank you, and congratulations on winning the Firebird Book Award. I was happy to share that with you. Yes, I'm thrilled receiving this recognition, my father and I, and especially seeing all the purpose that you have behind the scenes on this book award, this impact that you do in transforming people that have suffered domestic violence. Mm. That's amazing award. Thank you. I appreciate your saying that. Oh, Chris, so much to find out about you. Maybe before we dig into the book, just give us a, I gave a little tiny background, maybe just dig a little bit deeper into your background so we set the stage for who you are and why you do what you do. All right. I am the oldest daughter. I have two younger brothers. I'm the only woman. And my father always used his sport as a way to connect us, uh, connect uh, among ourselves, uh, during the weekend, we used, uh, used to do some activities in sport that would create a bonding among ourselves, among my mother. She was a tennis player. And by that time, we didn't have women water polo in Brazil. We just had in a few countries around the world. But nevertheless, my, my father never left me out of the conversation. He always shared the importance of sportsmanship, fair play, what sport has contributed to his life to become a better executive, a better father, and how to connect with the family. So that was the environment that I grew up. Uh, we used to go on the weekends always to do something around the ocean. So water is uh, my passion. I always have been connected with water. And when I was about 15 years old, women water polo started in Brazil. And Pat, just think about it. The men's water polo team was the first team sport along with soccer to participate in an Olympic game in the modern age. It happened in 1900 in Paris, and it took one century for the women's water polo to become an Olympic sport. It was only Sydney 2000. So I was a pioneer of women water polo in Brazil. And when I started playing, I found my passion, passion there. And I was the captain for 13 years. I was invited to play professionally in Italy. That was a dream coming true to do something that we love and receive a wage for that. And after four years, 
I went back to Brazil. I kept my career. But everything that I learned in sport set the foundation to become a better executive in the corporate world. I have a career for 23 years old. I became a head of human resources of a very important Brazilian bank. I was transferred to the United States. Nowadays, I live in Miami after being uh, responsible for human resources. And many people ask me, so how come you left um, the high-performing stage? I said, I never left. I just changed the scenario. It used to be in sport, then it became in the corporate world. And nowadays, I work in helping people to realize their full potential. That is a brilliant statement. You didn't leave. You just changed your surroundings. Why did you decide to write the book? What was the impetus to say, you know what, I need to write a book about this? Yes. After I left the bank after 23 years, always moments of transitions are very hard because there is a, a void in our life that we don't know what to do. But if we really take advantage of these moments and stay in silence, in silence I mean inside ourselves, and it comes the, the greatest ideas. And I always had um, a habit, a positive habit of journaling. So it was when I left the bank after about three months, I was looking at uh, some of my past diaries that I, I opened a page that it said, Chris, when are you going to finally hear your heart and write a book? And then when I went to Brazil, back to my uh, home country uh, for Christmas, I did this invitation to my father. Uh, his name is Pedro. I said, Dad, I need you one more time in life for a project together. Uh, let's write a book that we could share all our experience to the world. So the book, we translated three aspects. is my experience and my, my father's. The second one, it's, uh, we did interviews with athletes, coaches, and high-performance experts. And the third pillar is everything has a scientific-based research. So we did a very strong um, survey before writing the book. And the goal is to share this so everyone can work in developing and realizing its own potential, no matter what they do, being an athlete, being an executive, being a parent. I myself, I am a mother of three daughters. So how you can work on that. And what a beautiful thing to be able to work with your father on this project. Now, this was a blessing, mm -hmm. Pat. It was right after we started uh, writing our book, COVID hit, and we had all the I isolation process that we know about it. Mm -hmm. So we always expected to be a few months at home and end up being more than one year. Mm -hmm. So uh, writing a book, being in during isolation uh, process was amazing because he was in Brazil, I was in Miami with my family, but we would meet every Monday to set our goals, and on Thursday, we would share what each of one would have written. So it was a connection, a huge connection, and it gave us a new purpose, and especially to go through uh, a lot of doubts in the environment, 
such as the COVID. Mm-hmm. And COVID, we can never lie, there was very tough moments. Yes. We had a lot of dear ones dying that left us. Yep. But uh, we usually say we cannot avoid that difficult situations will happen with us. But how can you create the best of each situation in life? Mm-hmm. So having this purpose, writing our story in a book, was a, such a meaningful purpose, uh, Pat, from the first page to, to the last mm-hmm. one. I can imagine. I saw a video, I think, on your YouTube channel, and it was you and your father having a conversation, and you could just feel the love between the two of you as you watched that. It just, it's such a gift that uh, everyone would hope that they would have that kind of relationship with their parents. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, uh, on the book, because I I studied the science of happiness, uh, Pat. It was something that after I left the corporate world, I started studying again. And in the science of happiness that I studied with Dr. Tobin Shahar, that he's responsible for creating the most popular course in the Harvard history, which is the science of happiness. He teaches that in life, we can choose a beautiful enemy. And the first time that I used this term with my dad, he said, come on, Chris, enemy. I said, no, dad, listen up. What is the meaning of this expression, beautiful enemy? are those people that are always honest with you, that bring difficult feedback, help us to see uh, blind spots in life. And through this communication, through this open communication, and I chose him to be my beautiful enemy. He he helped me during all my life to uh, fulfill my potential, to go farther that I, I knew I could go. Mm-hmm. So he was a person that since my uh, youth, playing with him through sports and when I became a professional player, an executive, a mother, he has always been part of this process of my life journey. Oh, lovely. Does everyone need a beautiful enemy or can we accomplish uh, happiness and high performance all on our own? That's a great question. One of the... One of the most contributor for happiness based on research, scientific-based research, is relationship. So all of us, it can be uh, a husband, a wife, someone from the family, a daughter, a mentor, a coach, uh, someone at the work environment. We all need a beautiful enemy. Um, that help us to really celebrate with us and to learn from victories, but also to see, to go through difficult moments and to see when we are sabotaging ourselves, help us to identify key moments so we can become stronger. Mm-hmm. Beautiful enemy. I never really thought about that. I'm going to have to give this some some more thought. So your book, Chris, just for athletes, I know you work with corporations and families. How do you make that leap between athletic and corporate? Yes, my focus is on leaders and athletes. Leaders, I bring, that can be that person who is a leader in the corporate environment, an entrepreneur who is creating its own business, 
and leader of its own life. So um, I bring a methodology that I learned in high-performance sport and how I use this methodology to help me to be a better professional, a better mom, a better person. So these are the four dimensions that I write in my book. And I use the image, for instance, a water polo player, that the legs are related to the sustainability aspect. So what is key is to have a support network, to practice, and to have a healthy lifestyle. The second dimension, I usually show the core in our, uh, our, uh, the core in our stomach, uh, in our body. So how it's important uh, that we work in building self-confidence, in dealing with adversities, and creating rituals to energize, to take care of our repository of energy. The third aspect is around the core. It says about the importance of collaboration, of teamwork, of having the courage to experiment new things and reflecting and learning from them. And the last one, not less important, is regarding, uh, is around our head. It's uh, the choice that we have in life, the importance of having a purpose and how you can create a journey of happiness based in our choice that will help us to maintain this high-performance mindset. So I combine a lot. The, uh, I work on the intersection of high-performance and happiness because many of us uh, have come from a, a background that we believed always no pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. So for us to succeed, we need to go through painful moments. And again, Pat, life is very good on that. We all have difficult moments, but how can we learn from inside out to use the right tools that help us to take the best out of these difficult moments? You know, Chris, as you're saying that, I'm thinking there's so many people that are downtrodden mentally and they don't have a beautiful enemy. They don't even have anybody at all. And so listening to your words, Maybe they wonder, how, how can I do this? I mean, they've never had that support that you or I had with our parents. Maybe they had none of that. Where do you pull this from? How, how do you help people to find that and then be able to utilize it to become uh, a, a happy, have a happy life? Great. One of a uh, great question that you made. <laughs> I mean, one of the, um, we, we've seen nowadays, that we live in a world of abundance. Never we had had such a low number of mortality ratio, mortality am- among babies. Uh, we still have a lot of uh, people poor, rich, but the difference are lower and lower. So what's going on when we look at the in- indicators regarding our uh, mind? What's going on that we, if we look at the depression ratio, uh, anxiety and suicide ratio, they are not only growing in terms of numbers, but they are decreasing in terms of age. Mm-hmm. And the answer, one of the things are people that are, are loneliness. Mm-hmm. It's the, the people that live by themselves. So this explains why sometimes Latin American countries 
show um, indicators of happiness higher than rich countries is because of their surroundings, their family around them. They usually live in the same city as their family member. So this makes a difference. And going towards your question, how do we do when we don't have family members around us? We can look for community. We can look for people who share the same interest, the same passion, uh, starting a, a club, for instance, working with domestic violence shelters uh, to transform lives, to help in a hospital, uh, for instance, my case, to find a, a book club that I could be part with other authors sharing experience and sharing with the world. So the communities are very important. Even if you don't have your family next to you or friends that you've created during all your life journey, we need to look for these communities that people share the same interest. You know, I'm thinking um, a lot of people view themselves as not even being athletic, but your book is inspiring to them as well. So you don't have to be an athlete or even be athletic to glean positive information from what you write. Not at all. Um, what we try to bring is the importance of creating positive habits. Nowadays, we know how exercise is key. And because sitting is the new smoke. So every one hour and a half when I'm writing a book or every hour, the importance of standing up, walking towards the kitchen or when I go to the supermarket, try to walk instead of always getting into the car. So how we can learn in small things that make a huge difference in our life. So how we are fostering uh, the mindset of doing sport in a healthy way for your body and also for your mind because there are so many positive hormones that are produced when we do sport. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't need to go to the gym. You can have a dog and walk with the dog every morning and every day at the end of the day. Um, we sing the science of uh, happiness, inconvenient yourself, bring a few inconveniences. So instead of going to your apartment, always with elevator, go by stairs. So this is what I, I talk about the book, how we choose at the end, what type of rituals and with consistent repetition and reminders, we can work with them to become a positive habit in our life. I like that, to look for the inconvenience. Nobody really thinks about that. Everybody looks for the convenience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we talked about some sports to life lessons kind of in a roundabout way. Any any more that you wanted to highlight? One chapter that I, I'm very fond of is when I talk about my mother, Olga. Um, because a lot of people always say that it's uh, about my father and I. But it's interesting that my mother was never a water polo player. But she received the Paragon Award, that it's an award given to people that has done um, an extraordinary contribution to the sports all over the world. So she was one of the main advocates for the women water polo to become an Olympic sport. 
And a few people know about that. Mm-hmm. And again, she never did that bad for the recognition, for uh, the end result to say, bravo, you did it. She always started with small actions and conveying and talking with people around her. So we starting with parents, then she went to the media, then she went with people who helped her to take her voice to the world, and she connected with other international uh, people who was advocating for the same purpose. So it's how we can find uh, in small actions that's when it starts powerful things to transform lives to the positive things. Oh, thank you for mentioning your mother. I, I thought of that earlier that, uh, w- you know, when you see the bio, your mom's name's not always there. And she's the one that really, you know, without people supporting it and building it and creating it and, and contributing to it, um, it wouldn't be there. Exactly. And it was interesting when at a certain point, one of the interviewers said, uh, let's talk with your mom. I said, mom, uh, we want to interview you as well. She said, oh, come on, Chris. You know that these things are about you and your dad. You like to talk, to inspire people. Uh, I am about of doing things. So it's how much you need all this diversity. Yes. People with different com- competencies that can add up and create the best results. No. Oh. Well, I would say that Olga and Pedro did a wonderful job. We've got... Uh... We've got Chris in this world to help us, and I so I so appreciate that. Oh my gosh! Thank so what what's next? I know you have your company We Team, where you're working with folks on a formal basis. Yes, We Team. It's a um, a mentoring and training platform that I've been working a lot with leaders and athletes in realizing their full potential. So I use everything that I learn. I am a happiness certified. A trainer. So I use the science of happiness uh, into high-performing sport. So how we can create a sustainable mindset and uh, going away from the no pain, no gain mindset to something that's much more sustainable, how we can bring joy into our journey of high-performance. And you work not only with athletes, but with organizations and even families as well. Exactly. Educators. I've been working a lot with organizations, mm-hmm. talking about leaders. So I always bring the um, the tools from sport that can be used in the corporate world. So I talk about the importance of culture, of creating traditions, and the importance to innovate. Then how to create a very good team that the team is not always done by the best athletes individually, mm-hmm. what is key to create a powerful team mm-hmm. and how to take us into the high-performing stage, into the zone, how do you say, it's like a meditation in action mm-hmm. and to get away of the burnout, the importance of recovery, how can we explore what it works for you, there are the universal truths, but there are also the personal truths what works for you, and finally, what type of habits do we want to, to bring to our lives that will make a difference, such as meditation, um, reading, these type of things. 
You know, as we're speaking, I'm thinking how important this is for families. If there was this kind of training or even some thought process for for young families as they're beginning to have their children and to raise children with this mindset, then by the time you get to a corporate level, you probably wouldn't need as much um, training because everybody would have thought about this prior and kind of self-actuates as they're growing. Yes, this is something that um, a lot of uh, sport companies have invited me to talk with the family mm-hmm. because it's important for them to be educated as well, uh, the family, how they can better support the young athlete and also the, how they can bring the best from sport to help them to be a better person in life. So it's in sport is a place, is a, uh, we used to say it's a laboratory for life <laughs> where you learn how to win in the right way that you win, but tomorrow you're going to lose and to analyze what was key. We learn about the importance of dedication because no matter how talented you are, um, if you don't practice, you won't keep winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, in sport, we learn the importance of authority figures and how to communicate with them, such as coaches, the referees, to have a relationship that in the future we are going to have as authorities, and how to expose yourself. The other day, I was in Italy watching a very young, about 10 years old, the soccer team, and how they all heard the national item got ready to play uh, a game and had to go into concentration to be ready for the next one after one hour and a half. This is such a powerful experience Mm -hmm. that are preparing their mindset to face Mm -hmm. bigger challenges in the future. And what is very interesting is how parents can add forces with coaches, Mm -hmm. are different roles there. And many times I see the worst things are parents that they don't think about it and keep criticizing the coach in, in front of the young athlete or in front of everyone and how it's demoralizing the coaching, the team, creating the wrong mindset. Mm. So it's key sharing how the parents could join forces with all the environment and really support its kids. And the same thing of coaches. How can coaches can create a mutual agreement in terms of developing the young person, the young child with them. Mm -hmm. Yes, at that point, it's all about communication for the same common goal. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. Oh, Chris, my, um, as we begin to uh, wrap up here, I want to make sure we're not missing anything. I know there's a lot more to talk about, but anything specific to your book or to your business that you wanted to highlight today? But I think it's very important, I would share, I told you that I have three children. My oldest one, uh, Alisa, she's 20 years old. She's a student athlete. She's at Stanford playing water polo. My second one, Georgia, she's um, in high school. She's a senior. She's choosing her next step. And she decided not go to be a student athlete at university level because she's really into the academic aspect mm-hmm. and how you can respect that. But the way we work it at home is sport become a, a companion for all her life, helping her whenever she does sport, she feels better, she feels more energized to focus, to study. And my third one 
decided not to do anything related to the water, neither swimming or water polo. She likes to be a ballerina. Mm. So the importance of we helping yes. our kids and also our employees or people who surround us whenever we are coach, people that we are touching their lives, how they can find their joy, mm-hmm. their passion. And whenever they work with their pa- passion, they start a upward spiral, growth spiral. Because when you do something that you feel happy about, you want to repeat. And once you repeat, you become stronger. And when you become stronger, you want to do more of that, study more, discuss with people, and so on. And you keep this continuous growth spiral. This is what is very important in life, mm-hmm. how you, we can start multiple upward spirals. Right. And to support those around us when they give an indication that they are interested in something that maybe we're not and, and everyone takes their own path, but they do need that support. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the importance of listening yes. and observing. Right. Oh, Chris. All righty. Well, if you would share any and all contact information that you want folks to know so they can find out more about you, get copies of your books, just take us wherever we need to go to to find out more. Perfect, Pat. I want to thank you. It was a wonderful interview with you. I really appreciated sharing this story and I'm open to share more stories with potential readers, with readers. And to contact me, you can go to my website. It's weteam.today www.weteamaltogether.today And over there, there is my contact information, where to buy my book. And also, uh, I have my Chris Pinceroli page and the We Team in Instagram and LinkedIn. So I always, the best thing for an author is when we hear what our book has touched their lives. And this is, I would be very thrilled to hear from each of you. And thank you once again, Pat. Oh my, it's my pleasure. I've learned so much. Christiana Pinciroli and her book is titled Sport, A Stage for Life, How to Connect with the Touchstones of Elite Performance and Personal Fulfillment. Her website is weteam.today, weteam.today. And uh, wow, from this conversation, you just have to get a copy of the book. There's just so much more there. It's so rich and full of of more wise information from Chris. Thank you so much for entering the Firebird Book Awards. I am just so thrilled that you and I had this opportunity. Thank you, Pat. It was an honor being here and receiving the Firebird Book Award. All the best to you and to everyone that is listening for us.